Welcome to this 17th episode of the Future Barn Podcast, where I'm, among other things, trying to reframe um, the middle of nowhere as the middle of elsewhere. Um, there are people here, there are things happening, uh, and we want to keep uh, making it a somewhere. So yeah, so this um, is a very awesome episode. Of the podcast, I'm in conversation today with Darian Southern, who was one of my first friends. Um, I believe my first girlfriend when I was like in third or fourth grade, um, and someone who's been on a really um, important journey the last couple of years um, in recovery from a drug addiction. So we talk about that. We talk about being a teen mother. Um, we talk about dogs. Um, and we, and we reminisce about our childhood and I think it's a, yeah, it's a really important story that Darian has, um, about the struggles and the undercurrents and the psychological processes of that struggle. And then also, um, the great strides she's made through hard work, um, and commitment, um, and yeah, in just this great place her life is currently in. Um, so t- take a listen to that. Uh, thanks as always to Creeping Pink slash Landon Caldwell for letting us use uh, Free Yourself as our theme song. And thank you to the Patreon patrons, uh, Billy and Terry, Heather, Josh, um, Enrique, and Paz. Uh, yeah, so subscribe to this. Um, if your podcast catcher uh, lets you review, review it. Um, and tell your friends, share it. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks to Darian, uh, for being so honest, uh, and brave and awesome today. Have a good one, y'all. Does that work just like on that thing there? Yep. Um, yeah, real high tech operation. Um, I like it though because, like the other day, I 
I did one with my friend Anthony Ray Wright, and uh, we just did it in a car in Marion. <laughs> he, like, he was playing a show up there. Right. So I just met him before the show. Oh. And we just had these and hooked it up, and we just sat in his car in the park. And oh. we probably look sketchy, but... Um, <laughs> it's totally fine. Uh, but totally fine. But anyways, <laughs> thank you for being so nice to the dog, Ginny Bug. Oh, yeah, I love him. Um, yeah, she... The thing about... Yeah, the thing I was saying is we got her eight weeks and it just really is, I realized, is a game changer in terms of being able to be off leash oh, yeah. and following commands because she, we're the only thing she knows. Yeah. And, she, and like she didn't know there's any other option. That's just the way things yeah. were. I took her to play disc golf for the first time when she was 10 weeks old. She made it six, <laughs> she made it six holes and then spent the rest of the round in my backpack. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, uh, so... We t- kind of had a second dog for a little while, and he was the opposite. Where his first owners had got him at like a year, mm. and it was just a little too late. Where he yeah. couldn't be, he would be if I let him outside off leash, he'd be over with the cows across the road. Oh no! And every time, and, and so that's I, a dangerous road. To and cross. Ginny, and, yeah, yeah, and Ginny and I would get in the van and drive over <laughs> and pick him up, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, well, he 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 went to live at a uh, house with kids in a fence. Right. Um, so. I can tell the difference between which. I mean, we've only had Bella for like two months now, yeah. but I can tell the difference between my old dog Axel that uh-huh. I got at six eight weeks old, yeah, yeah. and her. And yeah. I can tell that it's gonna be she's it's gonna be hard to make them unlearn things that they've known or like yes. try to do things. Yes. yes. It's, um, and she's a pit bull, so it's, she's hard headed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, they, they are, but they're so lovable. Oh yeah. She, uh, the other day I know she knew, so she's an emotional support animal oh, is she what is. she is. Yes. Okay. So our landlord told us no pets. We offered a huge pet deposit, you know, just let us get a dog and they wouldn't, didn't want to do it because this house that we're renting, they had just purchased and basically there's all this work that they want to do to it. Yeah. And so even with the pet deposit, they said if they let us have a dog and the dog messes anything up, it's just more work that they have to do when we move out, whether we pay for it or not. Yeah. So we were like, well, we tried. So his doctor gave him a letter for an emotional support animal and we sent it over to him and said, here you go. Yeah. And they said, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, they don't have a choice yeah, at that point, right? Yeah. So then like the other day I didn't. I, Is it registered to you? To Kevin. To Kevin. Yes. Okay. So, and actually we haven't officially, she's not registered at this point, but we've got the letter stating like to yeah, say yeah. that he can have it. So he hasn't gone that far yet, but yep. like I was laying in bed the other day, sad, didn't feel good. And normally she's a licker. I mean, she'll sit there and just lick your arm for hours if you yeah, let her. Yeah. And I hate it when she's licking my face and cause she gets to just slapping and, and she knows that. And she climbed up there with me and every morning when we let, cause we don't let her sleep with us. She's too big and awkward. So yeah. every morning we wake up, we open the door and let her jump in. And she's got the same routine every morning. She snuggles with her backside against me so that I'm the big spoon and yeah. her paws towards him. So when I was in there all sad the other day, she jumped up and just snuggled, laid her head on the pillow next to me, put her little nose back, nudged me, and then just went to sleep. And I was just like, oh. I'll take all of your emotional support. So she's, Thank your, you. she's yours too. You're, <laughs> yeah. Don't use it all up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, I guess I should say I'm here with Darian Southern. Oh, we get we talked for four minutes, and I didn't. I haven't introduced you yet. Um, uh, one of my the old like of the people I can remember from like being really small. Yeah. You're like one of the first ones I can remember. I found some pictures. I meant to bring them too. A couple of them are on Facebook. 
but uh, me and you and Joey Downhower and a couple other people sitting next to the uh, at the I don't know at the baseball field yeah, by yeah. Callaway Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got on your little your little baseball hat and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I found those pictures going through storage the other day. A, I think Probably. you sent me a picture of it, and yeah, I love that photo. Um, you can really tell too all the. All the girls are like sitting up straight and smiling <laughs> and all the boys are like leaning Hunched forward over, or yeah. like like falling over or half yeah. asleep or whatever and it's just like you can really see the difference there yeah um well thank you so much for being here i think uh you have a really important story and we'll get more into that uh in a little bit but so i just really appreciate you being here and being so candid yeah both on facebook and then being able to be here and doing it yeah. um but i did want to talk about childhood real quick uh Something I've kind of been uh, obsessed with lately is knowing what people's, like, first impressions or, like, for you, it'd be, like, earliest memories. Because you didn't, like, have a first impression of me. Because right. we were, like, not conscious enough right. to know. Right, yeah, yeah. But, like, because I'll share one with you first. I remember, um, you remember in, like, first grade they had that word wall? And you had, do you remember this? You to, yeah, you were in first grade at Oakland. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, your I mom like, taught miss- me in, like, second grade. Second grade. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, but I was like, wait, am I misremembering this? But I'm pretty sure. So there was a word wall, and you everyone had a paper or a clothespin with their name on it. Mm-hmm. And there were, like, lists of, like, 20 words. And they were, like, and they got harder. Yeah. And, uh... And so when you could read the whole list, you got to move your clip over. Maybe that sounds... Maybe. Well, I remember you being way ahead of everyone, being on like the seventh one, and I couldn't get fucking past four because of island. Every time I'd get to it, I'd go, say island, and I'd go, Island, Fuck, or whatever the right. first grade yeah. version of that is. And... And then you were just like zipping along. I was like, I don't know who this girl is, but I don't like her. And maybe she can help me pronounce the word island. Um, that, so that's that's my early. And it's funny because the girls. But it's not even of you. It's of your of your clothespin. And, and that's the girls make fun of me. So Abigail and um, Kevin's daughter Caden make fun of me uh-huh. because I told them this story about how um, I was in spellbook because I words and reading and all that stuff. I yeah, always loved up. it, and yeah. so. Um, I was in Spell Bowl and it got down to, I had made it through several rounds. It was like fourth or fifth grade and it came down to magazine was my last yeah. word. It's pretty, pretty simple. But for yeah. some reason I spelled it M-A-G-I-Z-I-N-E. And afterwards, my grandpa was like, magazine. Well, it's not magazine. And I messed up and told the girls this. So now every once in a while, they'll just, they'll still poke at me and, hey, hey, guess what? Magazine. <laughs> and now I've got my daughter, Abigail, can now say anti-disestablishmentarianism. There you go. Because my grandpa taught me that word when you I was like. You said it pretty, yeah. You yeah, were, when I was like 10, he, he taught me That's definitely not the first time you said that word. It's not, no. And he's taught me, he taught me how to say it and spell it. Now Abigail knows how to say it too. So that's a proud mom moment. <laughs> I don't earliest. It doesn't even have to be of me, I guess. I guess it's a little selfish. Come on no. my podcast and I make you no, tell stories no, about that's... me. I just meant like, I just think it's really interesting to know what, like, especially for folks like us who have known each other so long, it's really interesting to think like, where does that relationship actually start? Right. And, like, and it's, it my... is, it's hard to think that like, because we were, we were so young and you were just there. I remember neither of mine have uh, my memories of you actually involve you like I don't really remember you I remember like 
I remember the clothespin with your name uh-huh. on it because I think you were in a different. You weren't. Were you in Mrs. Avant? Yeah. You were. Yeah. Okay. So, but I just remember like being frustrated just seeing yours. <laughs> like I just remember that moving right. across. And then the other one, another really funny one I have is, uh, which is this is the one that's a little risque. Uh, is it Valentine's Day? Well, I don't remember, <laughs> but uh, I remember my mom found a letter okay. I wrote. And I, and I, it had the word tit in it. <laughs> and we were like in like fourth grade, way too young for this to be writing the word tit. Right. But, um, but I probably couldn't spell breast. So I, so, but I, uh, yeah. And I just, so again, I don't really remember you. <laughs> I remember my mom finding this note from you or from me or something. I, and just being like. And my mommy my, being so baffled. My, you really want my story. I do. My story involves my mom too. So I was. It was like fourth grade, and I was down saying the pledge of allegiance, which I totally fucked up. I said, um, uh, "Oh, like over the intercom." <laughs> yes. Yeah. We had to do the pledge of allegiance, yep. and I, I, all, um, what did I? Oh my god! Now I'm not. And uh, I said, "In in individual." Instead of indivisible, okay. I said individual or something. Fair so mistake. I came Fair out mistake. already upset, but then somebody I got handed I had flowers or something, and one of my friends walked by and said, "Oh my gosh, who are those from?" And I said, "My boyfriend." Not knowing that my mom was there for one of the class parties, and she heard me. She goes, "Your boyfriend? Who's that?" And I turned around like, "Oh shit!" And I'm like, "Tyler." <laughs> so my my story also involves my mom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't get a whole lot. I didn't get in a whole lot of trouble because it was you, and like, I mean, because you were generally approved of, right? Uh, So it was fine. But I have a high approval rating. (laughs) Um, Well, I did. Now it's pretty sketchy, but same. It's fine. Well, yeah. (laughs) So a thing I think is important for us to talk about, and it's a little awkward to talk about, but is is like you were a teen mom. And I think that is a story that we don't talk about, but it happens. We're not right. gonna, it's going to keep happening. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, and when there's stuff in seventh graders with high schoolers, it's probably going to start happening. Yeah. It's probably going to start happening. Yeah. <laughs> I feel um, like maybe it's not, maybe it's just not sensationalized as much as it used to be with like yeah. the teen moms and stuff. But I feel like a lot of, I mean, they're still having sex, but I feel like there's not, I don't know, like maybe it's not as huge a thing as it was. I don't know. Maybe, I hope not, but it just doesn't feel like maybe it's. But you're not going to be like on the pulse of whether or not teens are. Well, yeah, sex. no, I'm not. <laughs> you're you're like, right. You talk to a lot of teens about their sex life. No. Uh, you like acted like you like were well, an authority. No. Just, no. <laughs> totally going on wind. I just. I no, mean, no, I know what you're saying, yeah. but I might say back. Maybe you think there are less teens having sex because you d- you don't know any teens having well, sex. Well, no, not that they're just less teen pregnancy. I guess they're oh. less teen, not not that there's yeah, not well, still this, sex. I just feel like- This is out of my realm. This maybe is there's like, not as much. Yeah. Or maybe because it's just such a common thing, it's not even talked about anymore. I don't know, but I just feel like there's, there's not, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think that's why it's important to talk about it is because it, because I think it is more, uh, it's getting better understood and we're right accepting of it yeah like that it's a thing that happens yeah um i was 
but I, so I was like in the periphery, right? I was like friends with both you, yeah, and Jesse, who you had the baby with, and I just remember being like, the oh, my response when I heard was, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> that was like my like, uh oh, and I, and I said, "What do you? What are they gonna do?" Um, and and that was like all I could muster. Uh, but do you remember what your response, your reaction? I mean. I knew it was I knew it was a possibility because yeah. I knew that what had to happen to get pregnant had happened. And <laughs> what's crazy is that, that, that great yeah, it, yeah, it had happened once before and I immediately went home and found I had found some old birth control pills like in the garage that my mom had had. And so I took one like it was gonna do something. <laughs> okay, so the first time I had that scare, I did that, ended up not pregnant. The second time I had that, so it was probably just coincidence. It had nothing like to do to, with the birth control pill. You were control like trying pill. to invent the morning after. Pill. Right. Yeah. I was like, oh no, I screwed up. Hey, this will help. Which I mean, it doesn't make yeah. any sense now. But when you're, you know, 15 and a half, I was like, sure. Yes. So then I, we screw up again and I go home and I had stuck them in my bottom drawer. And I'm like, and this is, you know, months and months and months later. And I knew these birth control pills were in my bottom drawer. And in my mind, I'm thinking it worked the first time. It'll work this time. And I could not find these pills. I couldn't find them. I couldn't find them anywhere. I turned the room upside down, couldn't find them. Uh. And then a month later, when I was late, I'm like, I pretty much knew. And like, before I even took the test, I kind of warmed my grandma up to it. I'm like, what would you do if I found out I was pregnant? Like what? I'm what just would like, you? Ask, just, just yeah, ask for a friend. Just, yeah. I mean, what would, how would that? And she's like, I don't, I don't know. Are you? And I'm like, I mean, no, but I mean, if I was, me? no, 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 yeah. Uh, and then after I found out and actually was like, I don't know, three months into it, I found the thing of birth control pills in my body. <laughs> like it was just, it was meant to happen. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I was, I was completely terrified. 100%. I mean, yeah. Like not having him was not an option. Adoption was never discussed, like nothing like that. But I was terrified. Were you, uh, not to be crash or anything but were you was the not having him not an option thing uh is that was that a religious no thing? i just mm-mm. You, I you just, just were like yeah i just that's, that's this never is what's felt happening like a yeah and you never and you never discussed adoption either that's that's probably pretty rare i imagine most people teenagers who get pregnant have the conversation that involves all those options right like, so so to have that con well you're pretty yeah you have a lot of conviction so you're like i mean we and like we talked about like could we and we just both just like we we couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine carrying a child and then not knowing what happens like as soon as it was brought up it was yeah, immediately could, just put I, we just couldn't it yes yeah, such couldn't a, even, such an intimate yeah. Like the most intimate thing is yeah, yeah. carrying someone inside your body. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for letting me ask you those questions. No, no. Questions I would not normally ask someone like I'm on the street. 100%. Um, it's like, hey, <laughs> we haven't seen each other in 12 years. Tell me about if you ever thought about having an abortion. <laughs> right. no, yeah, <laughs> like, um, I'm 100% open book. Yeah, no, I know. Probably uh, more than I should be sometimes, but it's totally fine. Uh, <clears throat> both this and what we're going to talk about later. Um, are like one of those things where I just think so many people could be in the same situation. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't, mom, stop listening if you're listening. I was not having safe sex. At, right. I was having sex. Yeah. At the same age that you were, 15 yeah. and a half. Um, and 
not being safe mm -hmm. uh, in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> and and could it, it easily could have been me. Mm -hmm. I just think, based on the fact that I'm 32 and don't have a kid, I want to guess my swimmers don't swim. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, that's not a medical opinion. But so, so I got lucky. I just got lucky. Right. Um, and so we, uh, that's what's so interesting about all we're going to talk about is like, we could all be there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, but you know what? You getting pregnant didn't stop me from having like, right. unprote like unprotected yeah. teenage sex. Yeah. You like, know, it's, you know, it's a possibility. Yeah. You know that it's like, you know that it's a possibility and you just, you don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, I think. I think, yeah, because I think some people, like, when their friend, teen friend gets pregnant, I bet they're like, a lot of people are like, oh, wait, like, kind of check themselves. Like, yeah. maybe I shouldn't be having Right, yeah. I definitely do not have that reaction. Right. But I know a friend, <laughs> I'll tell you the name off, off the record, who I know for a fact was, like, afraid to have sex for a couple of years <laughs> because of <laughs> you and Jesse having a baby. Um, and I was and maybe like, that's a good thing. hey, maybe, yeah. You're you did more for sex education <laughs> right. in Elwood than the actual class. No, I'm just kidding. It was it was. I'm sure it was great. I don't I don't remember it really. I don't but, either. Did we even do that? Was uh, that a thing? We did. The was only it? reason I remember it is because uh, someone I don't even remember who. It might have been you. Uh, <laughs> uh, they gave us pamphlets with like stuff about like uh, pubic hair. And yeah. Stuff, but it was in uh, in like getting horny and all that kind of stuff <laughs> but it was it was um for each sex yeah. or each gender and and so like i remember it might have been you yeah i, I convinced the like <laughs> on the bus or something like flip like switch them like let me i'll look at yours if you look at mine but it was the pamphlet it was pamphlets yeah, yeah. um and th that's like a real thing like these i are, remember giving being given pads i remember that <laughs> I remember them giving us pads. I mean, like big old pads, and being like, "Here you go." Have fun, ladies. Yeah, um, yeah I remember that, but I yeah. don't remember being taught much. I don't think. Dude, I, we, I, I don't think I. I think I underestimated the uh, unintentional comedy you added, or we added to each other's childhood. Yeah. I, I'm just kind of remembering that. I know I didn't learn anything because I was 15 and I had to ask somebody what a blowjob was or why it's called a blowjob if you don't actually blow. I remember who I asked you, I'm pretty sure. Because suck job sounds had, right. awful. <laughs> I mean, surely I'm like, what is, they're like, do you like giving blow? I'm like, what's, what's a blowjob? And, like and then like a half year later, you had a baby. <laughs> I figured it out. I figured out what it was. Um, you're a quick learner. You've always been a quick learner, apparently. Uh, but, uh, but you know, on a more serious note, I was, uh, I appreciate you being here because, uh, you know, I've been following your journey, which we're going to talk about, um, on f Facebook and stuff, and then we've messaged some, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I've been on my own journey of, with um, bipolar disorder, and I've had some pretty rough uh, goes of it. Um, and yours was drug addiction, but I'm always ama amazed about the link or the connection or the similarities between those two things, mm -hmm. like struggling with the mental illness. And, oh, yeah. Um, and that's not to 
a downgrade either or any you know or compare them even but um because i was i was struck by it when back in april i was um hospitalized for a week at a psych ward mm-hmm. uh but there were two units um for adults and one was detox mm-hmm. and one was just like straight mental health stuff mm-hmm. but because of the state of our kind of culture right now mm-hmm the detox was full, so oh, they yeah. just started putting people in those straight mental health. So at many of the days, I was the only one there that wasn't detoxing. Right. And But I was just struck by the similarities of the journey, a lot of the language. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so... Um, and there is a lot of correlation between from the stigma and the struggles and the, you know, mm-hmm. things. I mean, there's it's, yeah. it's a lot. And usually they go hand in hand. A lot of people that have addiction problems typically have some sort of mental health issues that, you know, compounds yeah. that for sure. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Um, what, what kind of, I guess, what kind of support has been valuable to you? Cause that's kind of where I learned, I started like kind of unpacking the support I could, ha- I needed mm-hmm. kind of figure out cause it was so intensive with therapists and psychiatrists and, yeah. um, group meetings. And so I was like, um, they, you know, we even did group like 12, like I did, I was in a 12 step group for that mm-hmm. when I was there. Um, yeah. So what kind of support kind of in your journey? First of all, how, how long have you been sober? Um, 22 months, 20, 20 21 a week. That's amazing. February I'm, will be two years. I'm so, so proud of you. Thanks. Um, and that's, yeah, such an incredible, uh, journey. Uh, but so I don't know. Well, I asked you what kind of support, but maybe we should start even further back. Can you just kind of talk to us about uh, the beginning of this problem or the beginning of yeah. that? Yeah. Um, um, whatever you want to yeah, share. Yeah, so I I didn't even smoke a cigarette until I was 21 years old. Um, really? I, got, I was working at the nursing home and started having back pain. Found out I have fibromyalgia and extra vertebrae in my um, lower back, deteriorating disc. Um, So they put me on pain pills. And at first I didn't even notice that they really did much. I kind of didn't even, didn't really take them. And then um, just kind of as it got worse, I was like, well, I'll give these another try. Um, I had started taking them again and basically... It was it was fine just to take them until I moved, and then I didn't have my doctor anymore, and then I felt so shitty not having them, and okay. it made the pain even worse. So then I was like, well, I'll just have to buy them off the street, and then so yeah. I was buying them off the street, and then eventually, you know, the dose that I was prescribed or trying to take isn't enough. Sure. Um, so then I'm taking more and taking more, and it got to the point where it wasn't even for the pain. It wasn't even... Half the time, it wasn't even to get a buzz or to feel high. It was uh-huh. just to not feel sick. Yeah. I just wanted to not, not did you, feel sick. Did you recognize that uh, in the moment? Could you separate the feeling sick and the, the pain or the reasoning behind wanting it? Not, not, Or is that kind of something you've reflected on? Yeah, it's kind of something that I've, I've realized because now I still have the pain, the same pain today to an extent. I yeah. mean, I've gotten on... A regimen of non-narcotic but my thing was back then if they tried to put me on something that wasn't a narcotic I didn't want it you know I yeah, just yeah. assumed in my brain it wasn't that's not gonna work I need yeah. something stronger so I still have the same pain today that I had then yeah but it's my ability to tolerate that and to realize 
you know, that it was worsened because of the medicine, sure. you know, I, I was so scared to get sober because I thought that the way I felt withdrawing was how I was going to feel every day of my life. Yeah. So I thought, fuck yeah. this. I don't want to be, you know, yeah. and that's not, that's not how it is. Well, and isn't that, <clears throat> that's the main problem with drugs and other substances is that kind of that need, that increasing need for more. Oh yeah. If yeah. it wasn't for that, if it was just like, if you always felt that first like light mm-hmm. way, yeah, would, probably most things would be fine. Mm-hmm. It's that increasing. I need more, and I need more. That yeah is like at the core of addiction of any sort. Yeah, um, and it's like anybody. I mean, if you you can take a hundred people with a broken arm or a bad back and give them all a prescription of pain pills. Yeah, it's not every one of those people is gonna become addicted. Some people are gonna be able to quit taking it. Yeah. They might still feel physically sick for a couple, you know, a little bit of time mm-hmm. after, but there's something, and this is obviously very debated and whatever, but there's something in the head of an addict that that clicks and says, oh, you know, yeah. I, that normal people don't, I mean, they don't feel that. And yeah. so there, I mean, there is a difference. You, you, Not every person that gets prescribed pain pills is going to be an addict. I didn't know that addiction, alcoholism, things like that ran in... It does. It runs in the family. I've got, you know... Okay. uh, Is that something you kind of discovered in your journey? Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I had family members that had been alcoholics for years and years or drug addicts. And Uh I didn't even really know it, but it's like if... Sometimes I think if I would have known that, maybe I would, but probably not. Maybe I would have tread a little more lightly as far as that first prescription or something, but, but it, I just, maybe yeah. not. But it sounds like, it's like a classic tale that we unfortunately have heard. Mm-hmm. And not that, again, not to like say yours is lesser, but no, yeah. it, but uh, it's, I've heard that story a lot yeah. where it's, uh, it started as a simple injury, yeah, like remedy, um, facilitated by a doctor that's why i wonder like what was what was the end game for that doctor like giving you those pills right and then eventually you're gonna have to wean off of knowing them. yeah knowing that i mean no so no pain was, pill is yeah. is good i mean the damage that that they do to your to your body to your liver things yeah. like that especially i was on it was hydrocodone with acetaminophen and acetaminophen every day in at large amounts like that is terrible on your liver so i don't know that's yeah. a short-term you know, for somebody who's got a break, for somebody who's got, that's not something for someone with like a chronic illness that's, or that's, a condition. It's, yeah, that's what, that's what I meant. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's a chronic thing. And so at some point, or the, the pills are going to have to end before the pain's going to yeah, end. Yeah. Where versus like the other way, like if it takes my shoulder a week to heal, uh, you know, that pain will go away before my prescription runs yeah. out. Versus the other yeah. way around where you're just like sitting there like... Yeah, and that very first doctor didn't try... And I mean, I had doctors after him that tried other things like, well, let's do some physical therapy. Let's do this, nice. let's do that. But by that point, I had already had what it felt like to have instant gratification, yeah. instant relief yeah. from pain pills. So at yeah. that point, I just didn't even... I said, it's not going to work. It's not, you know, and at that point Uh, I was, I was drug seeking. And and then that point, coupled with your, your genetics. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Well, I think about, because kind of back to that, uh, uh, similarities between mental health and addiction. um, Like, yeah, if like one of the things that 
triggers my um, disorder is stress. Mm -hmm. And so if I didn't have, if I didn't have stress or had like a low stress life, then, um, then I wouldn't have those reactions. It's the same way if you did, weren't exposed to drugs and alcohol, you wouldn't uh, have that, but it kind of kicks in that part of that, uh, the wiring. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I didn't just stop it, you know, at pain pills. Like once that addict in me was triggered, it was like the pain pills made me feel tired all the time. So then I wanted something to not feel tired. So then I found, you know, Adderall. And that was, that was like, you know, a speed and pill form. Well, I ran out of Adderall one day. And isn't Adderall surprisingly, uh, like easy to get? Yeah. 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 It's easy to get from a doctor. It's easy to find. I mean, people sell their kids. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. But it, when things started. Wait, sell their, they sell their kids Adderall. Kids Adderall. I thought you meant they sell their kids. (laughs) (laughs) Like to pay for Adderall. Whoa, that just escalated. No, um, they sell their kids because okay. a lot of, you know, kids kid, um, get kids, put on. Ap- kid yeah, apostrophe, yes. They'll yeah. put, yeah, they'll put younger children or young adults on those kind of medicines yeah. for ADD and things. It's mm-hmm. harder for adults to be prescribed to it. But when everything started getting, eventually doctors, they started cracking down and yeah. telling them not to prescribe as many, you know, pain pills or as much. So then it was harder to find, you know, pain pills or Adderall mm-hmm. to buy from. So I had texted one of my people one day and said, hey, can you get any Adderall? And she said, no, but I got this stuff that's just like it does the same thing and handed me my first bag of meth. And so I made that leap from, which I did pain pills from 20 to age 20 to probably 26. Okay. And then eventually I quit taking pain pills and I found Suboxone, which was supposed to be yep. like, you know, to get me off of the pain pills. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people who have I did, yeah. which for some people it, it can, it's great, but I made the switch from pain pills to Suboxone. I was going through a doctor, thought everything was, was good. At this point, Abigail was, because they kept me even on the, on the pain pills the whole time I was pregnant, just on a low dose, which of course I was taking more than what I was prescribed to, but, yeah. um, the, I made the switch to Suboxone thinking, you know, okay, I'm, this is better. I'm not going to withdraw. I'm not, yeah. but it made me so tired. And then the Adderall. So I was on Suboxone for five years. And then the last three of those five years, I would keep, cause I was over prescribed more Suboxone than what I needed. So yeah. I was taking, you know, a little bit and I was trading the rest for meth. And so it went from, you know, pain pills at 20 to shooting up meth at yeah. 29 like that to make that leap no it's i think people nobody wakes up one day and just says oh i think i'm gonna go shoot some meth or go yeah, shoot yeah, some heroin yeah. like that's not how drugs yeah. there's either circumstances or trauma or yeah, that's mental what, health there's that's why that, that that question of uh yeah uh who would do that it was like the person who's right close to doing meth is the person who would do it not yeah. the person who's not doing anything yeah yeah and they're like yeah. i would never do that well you Obviously. would never do it as you are right now yeah but wait you might get there right <laughs> like, yeah. you don't I know mean, yeah you and, if, if you you know you get hurt and somebody you I mean you it yeah, could be i know i don't wish it on anybody but it, people yeah don't understand the way or aren't willing to even try to understand that not 
Yeah. I mean, some people, some people wake up and do drugs as a coping mechanism for their mental health or for trauma that they've gone yep. through or whatever. You know, some people jump right into the hard stuff, but not everybody, you know, and... But it is, it, it is unlocking that addict yeah. part of your wiring is the a process. Is there, it takes yeah. the time and it's easy to get lost. Like yeah. anything, it's easy to get lost in a oh, pr- yeah. process. Uh, let's talk back to the Suboxone thing. I've always been curious about Suboxone uh, because is it actually supposed to be like, so is now, is it just something you're always going to take or do you kind of wean off of it as well? I... I don't think it should be something that you always take, but I mean, Isn't I... Isn't that how it's often used, But yeah, 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 as as like a... Yeah, it's basically a, a lifetime coping mechanism for people with opiate dependency. Yeah. It's just, it's something that's supposed to be safer, healthier, more maintainable. Yeah. Um, it keeps people from... I think it started out as take specifically for people, a lot of people with opiate or heroin addiction as far as like... Um, it's got the the blocker in it to keep you from from overdosing, overdosing or yeah. getting high. So if you're if you're on it, then and you go try to do you know take some pain pills or do some heroin, you can't. Your brain you don't get high. You don't get high, so but doesn't it, it also make you sick as a dog? Oh yeah, yeah. So, so it's yeah, it's yeah. to keep you from yeah, from yeah. doing that. But then they they turned around and they that's made, a weird that's a really weird weird way to give up on psychology. Like you're yeah. like I don't think you can psychologically do this. Yeah. So I'm just gonna do yeah. it for you through a pill. And, but then they started making subutex, which it. I don't. I, you can still the. There's a difference between there's the the with that's got the blocker in it and there's one that doesn't have the blocker in it yeah. and it's like one you can still feel kind of high from you can get like you know and so to me that just seemed like i don't know that was just why would they even do that if they had this one that works just fine yeah why would they do because back when i was using there was a preference you know you wanted this one not this really? one because this one you could still feel like, and I don't know why they would even, I'm yeah. sure there's a science behind it or some sort of reasoning, but I, I didn't know if it'd be an ethical reason. Cause like, that's a pretty big way to control someone else's body yeah. is like, make them not be able to feel that pleasure. Yeah. And I, even though it's a often negative pleasure, yeah. it's still like yeah. controlling someone's body. Oh, yeah, so that's sure. really interesting. Um, well, so as we were talking about that gradual, like, uh, I don't know, worsening of mm-hmm. the addiction, um, it was making me think like, looking back, can you see the other aspects of your life, your relationships, your, uh, work, your whatever, did you, can you see that also kind of worsening? Oh yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah. but you probably in the moment, you don't really know. It's not like right. you're like sitting around like, oh, I should, you know. Yeah. Like, I, and, and looking back, like I, in my mind, I rationalized everything that I did in, I was doing it in order to feel better. So if I was trying to speed, it wasn't in my mind, I wasn't trying to feel high. Yeah. I wanted to have energy because I felt like my body didn't produce enough energy. Well, it's because I was always on the verge of like withdrawing or the opiates yeah, yeah. were, you know, pushing. Yeah. So in my mind, I was doing all that to try to like to be, be a better mom. Yeah. I wanted, because there for a while, huh. and surely people had to know, like I hit it pretty well for a while, for a while. I mean, a whole year I was doing meth and nobody knew. Like really? people knew something was wrong with me. They knew 
I like I was different, but even the my my parents lived yeah. in the same house. They didn't know. Abigail's dad, Zach, didn't know. He did knew something just, was. Did you just meet someone who happened to have it? Yeah, I asked yeah. her for Adderall. And oh, she, that's what yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah, and she had. So that. it wasn't like you. You didn't even. I didn't search it. Through. I didn't look. You it. know, a lot of people get into it from their friends. Like they're all hanging, sitting yeah. around, and they're like, "Let's try. It. Let's bump it up a notch." And, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's such a like stupid. Way to say. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I clearly have never done it. Uh, <laughs> or I'd be way cooler. Um, no, but. Uh, yeah, but like hiding, like usually like getting it from a friend and then yeah, then hiding it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all my relationships, yeah. everything went went to shit. Like yeah. But I, it was in the name of I wanted to be because I was I was the cool mom for a while because you know I was I could be up all night I could be doing whatever I you know yeah. So it's like I yeah I'll take the kids to the park the neighborhood kids want to go to the park yeah let's go to the park you know let's yeah let's yeah I'll have a bonfire and bring all the kids over yeah. for marshmallows and candy and you know and it's yeah. like. Now I can I can still do that now naturally you know yeah, like yeah I, I like my energy drinks but like I didn't think that was possible then and so yeah it just I mean and because of and maybe that was me just rationalizing my motives back mm -hmm. then yeah but I've never I never was chasing a high so much as I just wanted to be okay and that's why a fra a lot of phrase that people use and this is super specific to like heroin or opiates is people that say, I just want to get well, get well, get well. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, uh. they just, just want to feel better. You just don't want to be sick. So, and that's whether so that's sick in the head or sick in the body yeah, yeah. or sick in the whatever. I just didn't want to feel. So you're chasing those yeah. moments of feeling yeah. well. I was just hmm. wanting to feel okay. Like I thought, yeah. how am I going to live the rest of my life? If this is how I feel every day, like yeah. I'm only, you know, 29, 20, 30, 28 years old, like, yeah. if my back hurts this bad, and if my, you know, I'm I'm gonna be fucked by the time I'm 40, I'm gonna be worthless, you know, yeah. I can't. And I was a stay-at-home mom, too. So I had nothing but time on my hands, mm -hmm. and I was home alone all day with Abigail, and then at this point, I only had Elliot. I would pick him up after school one day a week, and uh -huh. then get him on the weekend, every other weekend, and like, depending on yeah. holidays and stuff, so it's like, idle hands I literally just all I could do all I was doing was sitting there all day so it's like well if I'm gonna have the energy to do this this or this then I might as well you know wow and that's what I was what I was searching for is huh. just just wanted to feel okay I wanted to feel normal that yeah. was in my mind that I needed to feel normal and that's that was normal to me but the but the gap between did like the gap between using and being normal like widen or it being normal and yeah. being oh, yeah. well, like the gap kind of oh, yeah. widens, right? When yeah. It, and it becomes unreachable. Yeah. Yeah. And now I see that, like, I Is that rock I was bottom, never... what people call rock? Yeah. Like, is that where yeah. that gap becomes so big, like, you can't yeah. get out? And I thought that I, I mean, I could tell after, you know, getting arrested, I, my license had been suspended for like 10 years. I kept getting pulled over. At first, it wasn't drug-related offenses. I got pulled yeah. over for driving while suspended. Yeah. Well, then it happened again, well, and it was driving while suspended with a prior. And so I kept yep. like yeah. getting thrown that's in jail. A now, that's a, that's yeah. a trap. Uh, that's not, yeah, I have utter sympathy for that. Yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah, that is so not cool. So it was cool. like, I, I, I was... Um, so I was a stay-at-home mom, so I didn't have my own money. I didn't have a license. Yeah. I didn't have, you know, and then 
I had to do all these things just to feel okay. And it was like, my hole was so far down. My rock bottom was so far down here. Uh -huh. I mean, I was lucky compared to some people because I wasn't, it, there were a couple points in time where I was homeless as in like staying on friends' couches and stuff. Okay. But really, I wasn't somebody that had to be, you know, walking around downtown begging people yeah. for money. Like yeah. in, in terms of addicts, I had it pretty good because I had a roof over my head. I had like, you know, and, but even, even with that, even though my rock bottom wasn't overdosing and almost dying or having yeah. Narcan, like it was bottom for me and it felt all the things that I needed to accomplish just to even fit into normal yeah. society felt impossible. Yeah. Like I couldn't put in my head, let's do this small step to make this small. I couldn't make that, that connection in my head. Cause it was just, it, it felt impossible. I didn't think I could. Yeah, do I think it's so. It's a, yeah, because it wasn't like a. It wasn't like a party girl mm -mm. addiction. It was like a domestic addiction. Yeah. yeah. In a way. Yeah. I I have a cousin who has was in a similar situation where she was stay stay at home mom, and when that and something about that isolation and that mm -hmm. uh, when you like limit power, like you said, don't have your own money, don't yeah. have license, like you feel powerless in some yeah. ways, and so you're using. That's a way you can yeah. have power and control is... And this is this is okay to share because most people know, but Zach was using, so we were both... Now, okay. he never made it as serious. Like, he just stuck with the pain pills. And yeah, then yeah. he was... So it's like, that's what we were doing together, you know? Yeah. So it's like, for him to be able to go to work and for me to be able to, you know, take care of Abigail all day, that's what we were doing, you know? Yeah. And so it started off with like... Because I had the prescription, so we were sharing, and then we'd that's... I'd run out, so we'd buy it off the street, and it... It just got worse and worse until um, wow. until I we both liked Adderall and yeah. then I you know went went to the hard stuff and he didn't and oh interesting yeah I went to the hard stuff he didn't and then um, did he know about the hard stuff no not he for didn't the know. not for the first year okay. it wasn't until so it was on elliot's 11th birthday so i was in walmart with elliot and abigail uh -huh. and it was elliot's birthday couldn't buy him anything so i was in there stealing that's what i was doing i was in there uh -huh. with the kids with me stealing stuff for his birthday 11 thinking that like if i was sneaky he wouldn't see me doing it yeah so i get caught and I'm, so we're walking out of walmart and the security guy stops me and he's like i need you to come in here and so I get caught and uh -huh. they, Zach was already on his way to Walmart to meet us anyways. Um, Cause we were all going to meet up and go to Elliot's birthday party. Uh -huh. And uh, the security guard stopped me and said, you know, you need somebody to come get these kids cause you're going to jail. Yeah. So Zach showed up, picked up Elliot and Abigail. And when he went out to, cause we had two vehicles. So when he went out to the vehicle I had driven to get the kids stuff and move it over uh -huh. my, I had a backpack in there and he went through the backpack and that's when he found the needles and okay. the, and that's when he found out that like after all this time that I, and of course I denied it and not, oh no, that's not, but I mean, he knew. Yeah. And then, but for that first year, I mean, I, I just, but that, and so that was the last time that, well, I've had Elliot face to face in front of me twice since then, sure. but that was four years ago Yeah. because you know, it's just. Yeah. And it's like, and in my mind, oh, you know, I'm, yeah, I was stealing, but I was trying to give him a birthday, you know? Yeah. And you can rationalize literally anything. Especially under the influence. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. You can. And yeah. I mean, 
it's like looking. I mean, I knew I knew it was wrong then. I I know it's wrong. I knew it was wrong then. Yeah. But in, that's that's how I yeah. I rationalize making uh, it. Doing. Well, and I think even more like that impulse to like get get stuff for your kid mm-hmm. is like commendable. And like so, I I like obviously the route to get there wasn't right, the yeah. right route. But but if it was just that. I think it would be different, but with having, you've mentioned yeah. like having the kids yeah. and having drugs on you, like that, yeah. those moments is where like balloons and yeah. get, the problem gets yeah. so I wasn't big. someone that like, and that's how, I mean, they say like, I wasn't an addict, I wasn't neglectful of my kids, I wasn't one of those that was like yeah. wanting to be high so bad that I left my kid in dirty diapers and like yeah, yeah. they weren't fed, they weren't uh-huh. like in my i was i was trying to do a b and c to be better for which yeah. it's not right and it doesn't make sense now like i can see that now but then it was just i don't know yeah i wasn't no i i see yeah. what you're saying mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's a that's an important distinction too or an important reason to tell your story is i think your story on paper sounds similar to a lot of people's, but it is like really unique, and it's like you said, like not every addict is leaving their kid in dirty right. diapers. Not every, you know, not every addict is like partying. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's almost like there's, I mean, there's functioning. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, it's functioning. I use that term loosely, but I feel like yeah. I was, I was a functioning addict, like just like or, Zach was, because he was still able to go to work. It's like appearing every- functional. Yeah. 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 It's like the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. And so, well, and then I I think something I forgot to mention earlier was when you said that thing about um, how you guys were just doing it to have, he was doing it to have the energy to work and you were mm-hmm. doing it to have the energy to um, take care of the kids and take care of the house. That, we don't talk about that enough. Like a lot of people have this feeling like I can't make it through mm-hmm. without X, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We all have that, but some people's, I can't make it through without my Sunday night football games. Yeah. Or I can't make it through without yeah. my energy drink. Yeah. But some people's gets to the point where I can't make it through without meth. And then so, mm-hmm. but it's still the same underlying problem. Yeah. Is not feeling like you're good enough and not feeling like you yeah. can do the thing. It's, the, it's just, yeah. you happen to have a different right. mechanism. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you have a different thing you need to right. uh, fulfill that. Um, yeah, so, so that arrest at Walmart, was that the one that, like, kind of, were like, oh, like what you'd call rock bottom or whatever no, you that call was, it? No, that was just the first one. That's, yeah. really, that's what kind of started my long rock bottom is because that was when, so really, my, everything kind of started to bottom out. And as far as like being upset and depressed when, when Elliot went to go live with Jesse at yeah. like five, yeah. because then I didn't have Abigail yet. I didn't, I didn't like, all I knew yeah. was a mo- being a mom. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. all I knew. And so it started with like, so that's when for a year when I was like 21, I kind of, you know, drank and partied and smoked and like, but never, never really got too hard into it until yeah. the whole pain pill thing started. But like Elliot, Jesse finding out that because Zach told him that I had gotten sure that well he knew that I'd gotten arrested but then Zach told him what he found in the van and so and 
of course, you know, Jesse's reaction was what it was, like, okay, I'm keeping Elliot. Sure. There's nothing which, you know, yeah. that's okay. It's... And that ended up not being Zach's reaction with Abigail, only because he knew in his, he was struggling with addiction too. It just wasn't. Yeah. And we had that fight a lot with like, I would, you know, well, you're an addict too, just because my addiction's a little bit worse than yours, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, that but was you the were, difference. you were both aware of being addicts. Like yeah. Like you were calling yourself that? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I never... Yeah. yeah. And like, that was the difference where, I mean, I totally understand why, why Jesse did that. Yeah. Um, and I see why Zach was able to make the choice he was as far, and maybe he shouldn't have because he's still let, which I, I never made any like bad or scary decisions with Abigail around, but she sure. was definitely around me high. I mean, yeah, for yeah. sure, 100%, yeah. because she she was around all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's like him completely taking Elliot. I mean, I went from his birthday in July to Christmas without seeing him at all. Just though, I mean, those, and after having seen him, you know, every, at least every week, once a week, yeah. um, I didn't see him at all for those few months. And that's what kind of started my rock bottom. And then I saw him at Christmas and that's where basically him and his dad were like, you know, this is it. We don't, we're, we're not doing it. Yeah. And that's really where I was just, I was just lost. Like, yeah, I still had Abigail. She's, being able to keep my relationship with her, um, and I've thanked Zach for this too. Like that's what oh, yeah. kept if you me alive and kept me. Yeah, I would have had nothing because I've never known anything else, and so yeah. I would have had nothing. But that that kind of started my my rock bottom was very yeah. It was extended for a couple of years because I got picked up for possession of a syringe. Uh huh. Um, went right back out, stayed for a couple of days. My mom bailed me out on my birthday, I think. Oh. Um, and that was because I got pulled over speeding and then didn't have a license, you know. Um, and then I got... Which, by the way, you've got your license. I do. Yes. I do. I have a valid driver's license you in drove my here all car. By, you drove here all by yourself. Legally, I've got insurance, and it's not that's, just like the basic PLPD. Like, I've got actual you insurance. you got good insurance. That's amazing. <laughs> Which, will, in a sec, will lead us to the triumph that has been the last 22 months but uh i'm sorry i cut you off with telling no you're fine yeah um so yeah it's uh i didn't know i didn't know what to do i didn't know what you know elliot was gone so that started my big my rock bottom i got that first um possession of a syringe charge and then i got another possession of a syringe possession of meth possession of a controlled substance because i had my suboxone but they weren't in my bottle driving while suspended, false informing, because when the cop pulled me over, I gave him somebody else's name, and then Whoa. he pulled it up and saw that, yeah. So I spent 33 days in jail that time, and then... What, for the false informing? For the for all of that, yeah, yeah because yeah. I had... Oh, wait, that was all one... That was all just one, yeah. Oh, so, I thought those were, like, separate times. No, like, so that was... I had the the they, one they like kind of threw the, the book one sur possession of a syringe, and then a few months later I got pulled over again, and that was the all the all of those. Um, so I had three three felonies, um, and then I kept getting these driving while suspended. Um, I had a warrant from Newcastle because they pulled me over driving while suspended. I didn't show up to court, so sure? I was in 
Madison County Jail for like two weeks and then they released me, but I was waiting to be transferred to be seen in Henry County. And yes. so that was like the 33 days or whatever that I spent. And, yeah. um, and then I had a driving while suspended in Edgewood and I kept not appearing and the judge was super lenient, kept, you know, I would show up and he'd be like, why didn't you come on this day? And I'm like, well, you see what happened was. <laughs> and I would give him some bullshit about why I didn't come. And really it was just, I forgot or I didn't want to go or I, yep. you know, didn't feel good or something. Well, especially when you get caught in the cycle of that. Yeah. Because that is a brutal cycle, even if you're not an addict. Like, yeah. cause you can easily get it for a suspended license or, mm -hmm. you know, or if you got a tail light out and you, don't have the money to change it yeah. and you're like yeah that yeah and that just preys on people who can't yeah. and get it those just, stuff done yeah, yeah. and it's and a cycle it just keeps happening and happening so so you spend a good chunk of time in jail and that it's, didn't even do it for me i got out after those 30 days thinking you know okay i'm really gonna do did this you get sick in jail yeah those first probably four or five days i just i literally just they had to force me to it was gross they had to force me to like the my bunkies had to force me to like get up and shower because all I did because I'd been I'd been up for a couple of days at that point I wasn't somebody that like did so much meth that I was up for weeks and delirious or anything talking to yeah, walls yeah, or yeah, climbing yeah. over you know but I I would go I would only sleep for a few hours and then be up for two days and sure. sleep for an hour so like by the time I got in there I would just try to sleep away the sickness uh -huh. and then um, so I felt okay after that 30 days when I got out, but I got out, um, found out that we had lost the house. And so we had a whole house full of stuff to move and we got to the house to like wow. move everything. And I opened up a drawer and there's my Suboxone. So I was like, uh, might as well, you know? Yep. And so it started it right back and it wasn't mm -hmm. until I went to, um, so that I kept failing to appear for this Edgewood judge. And yep. uh, one day he was like, all right, so I'm going to put you on house arrest until your next appearance because yep. I can't get you to show up. So you're on house arrest until your next appearance. And I was living <laughs> in a hotel at this point in time. So I'm like, where in the hell am you I going to do? Yeah, because you can't Where do am it. I going to do house arrest? Yeah. You know, I'm freaking out. My mom's yeah. trying to help me, like, you know, find maybe a rehab or something. You know, I'm just trying to... And it's, this is the craziest story. So I'm in my hotel room and I'm down in my dealer's room downstairs because he lived right below me and I'm in his room. And I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, they want me to do house arrest. I don't know. And he's like, well, can't you just do it out here? I said, well, no, I can't do house arrest at a hotel. They won't let me do that. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, he goes, so are you going to do it or are you going to run? I'm like, I, what? I don't. I don't know what the f to do. Run, run is, in, is the next level. Like, as now, just, run is next yeah, level. Now you're... Yeah. You're, and he's like, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. And he goes, give me a second. He's like, I know this woman. We used to run around together. She w runs a halfway house now. Let me see if she still has, if she still does that. And he calls up this woman. Your dealer called a halfway house. He called, <laughs> he called a... And, and it's sorry, it's, no, no, it's, laughing. it's that a, is, no, that it is, is ironic and I hilarious. Know. Um, and he always, sorry about that. He always made jokes about how, like, you know, you're too smart for this. You don't need to be doing this. Or what are you really doing? Because there's, there were people that were, you know, would you're getting shade lie, from a drug dealer. Yeah, they were that. like lie, cheat, and steal, rip you off. I mean, he had people that 
could not come in his room. You know, if they came in to ask to use the bathroom, he knew to tell them no, because if they come in, they're going to steal stuff. And this <laughs> more than once did he fall asleep with his whole bag of, you know, meth right there yeah. on the, and I kid you not, I put it up where he kept it, locked my door on the way, locked his door on the way out with like, cause he'd just fall out sitting there in the room and you know, I'm like, so I'd get everything put up and leave. And yeah. he said that was unheard of for like somebody to not rob him. And yeah. so that's why he kept poking at me like, get your shit together. Come on. You can. And he really did. And cause he wasn't dirt ball either. He just, that's what he knew. And so that's what he did. And like, he called Cindy up and he goes, Hey, I've got a girl here. She needs a bed. Is there any chance you've got one open? And she's like, yeah, I've got, um, we just lost a girl to drug court. She had messed up something in drug court and had to go to jail. She's like, we've got one bed open. So he got me into my halfway okay. house. Like it's, it is, it's, I always have to include that. When that is told wow. my story. Anytime yeah. I've given a lead at a meeting or something, I'm like, my drug dealer got my halfway, got me into my halfway house. That's a good, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good bit too. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. uh, but so that was kind of the, the moment. Yeah. You, you were facing that situation yeah. where yeah. you had the, the impossible situation, house arrest with no house. Yeah. Um, I was over living in a hotel at that point anyways. Like it was just, and it was probably expensive. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, what I was doing was I was just selling my pills to have enough money, but nobody wanted to buy them. So I could only sell enough to pay for like a day at a time. So it was every day I was waking up trying to figure out, trying to hit people up, trying wow. to make enough money to pay for my room for another night. Yeah. And it was just fucking exhausting. That's yeah. all my days consisted of was just yeah. trying to make that 40 bucks so that I could, you know, and if I could make some extra to, So there's you know, where that gap between addiction and like feeling well. Yeah starts to widen yeah. where no yeah. longer feeling so well when you have all these yeah. other circumstances that are yeah. sucking. It was impossible to feel really much hard. of anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just, I didn't, it got to the point where I was just, I didn't want to, really, I didn't want to feel at all. Like I yeah. wouldn't say that I was suicidal, but there were multiple times where I, I told, I said, I just, I just don't care. I just can't yeah. anymore, but I didn't have it in me to like do it myself. Yeah. I couldn't. So before it got worse by running or whatever the next step would have had to be to deal with it, you you did the like positive thing and got in this halfway house? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think I So was that like 22 months ago or? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, February 1st, I, of, would that be? Yeah, of 2019, February 1st. Um, I started house arrest. I had to come off of, cause I, I got lit just that morning getting ready to go, you know, cause I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, and <laughs> oh my if gosh. I'm going in there, I I'm never, gonna get, oh my gosh, oh, yeah, wow. It was, oh, it wow. was bad. So I got so deliriously messed up that I actually, so I checked in, they gave me my house arrest box and then told me go to stepping stones so you can get your box hooked up. They, they give you the box at the courthouse and it's 15 pounds. It's got all your, your equipment in it. And then I didn't have a vehicle. So and the same drug dealer dropped me off at court that morning. I sat in his car, did some of my meth and then went to the courthouse to get my box. Okay. Wow. Knowing that I couldn't get in trouble because you know, they, I hadn't been hooked up yet. So they couldn't, they couldn't violate me. I hadn't, you know, that was my last hurrah. Yeah. So I get this box and uh, it's February. So it's cold as shit out. Okay? Yeah. 
And so I'm like gonna catch the city bus to Stepping Stones. But first I have to go out to the is, hotel. I'm sorry, is this in Anderson? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So first I've gotta go out to this hotel and where my van had broken down and get uh -huh. some of my clothes and stuff. Well, I fall asleep on the city bus and miss the hotel and end up oh my gosh. downtown. I just threw my head back. Oh yeah. For end, up, listening. end up downtown in Anderson. So I get off the bus and I'm I'm delirious because I'd been at this point I'd been up for probably three or four days yeah. because they also told me when I started on house arrest that I was going to have to come up with however 150 or 195 dollars or something to pay for my initial fees yeah which I ended up winning out of the casino that that what? night <laughs> what is your life <laughs> I know it was it was awful really it was but so I was up all night at the casino trying to like, you know, nickel and dime and win enough money to, yeah. to and I did. I don't, don't recommend this. Anybody that's struggling, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That's not normally how it works out. But like, so I get off the bus and I'm outside the family dollar downtown in Anderson and I am in tears because my phone is gone and I'm convinced that while I was asleep on the bus, this couple, because I woke up and they were looking at me, probably because I was fucked up and sleeping on the city sure. bus, but I was, I couldn't find my phone and I was convinced this couple had yeah. stolen it. And so I'm mm. outside, no phone, um, knowing that I have an hour, however long I have left to go to be at this halfway house yeah. and be hooked up to house arrest. And it's like negative four degrees outside. I'm just standing outside the dollar store crying. I mean, my tears are frozen to my face. Some random dude, pulls up and says, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know. And he said, what's that box? I said, it's for my house arrest. And he's like, okay. He it's goes, for my yeah, he goes, get in. Some random stranger. He goes, get in, let's get you warm. Blast his heat. And he's like, so, so this, this, you're, you're on house arrest. And I said, yeah, I've got to start. And he said, okay, so what are you doing outside? I said, and I, Told him every, you know, I lost my phone, I fell asleep, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, so where do you need to go? And I said, someplace called Stepping Stones. And he's like, okay, where's that? And I'm like, I don't know. So he calls the Madison County Courthouse, because I had a piece of paper with like the probation department. Yeah. He calls them and says, where is Stepping Stones? He gets an address, he Googles it. He drives me over to Stepping Stones and yeah. drops me off with a, a here you go, Hope you fit, used his phone and all this because my phone was gone. Sure. Used and said, hope everything works out for you. Writes his name and number down on the back of a family dollar receipt, hands it to me, and I go inside. Wow. I get hooked up. My house arrest officer takes one look at me. He's like, I've been calling you. Where have you been? I said, I lost my phone. Blah, blah. My phone ends up being found in the snow outside Family Dollar. Somebody found it and turned it in. So nobody had stolen my phone on the city bus. Sure, sure. And... The house arrest guy looks at me and he says, he looks at Cindy, he says, she's not going to make it. And Cindy Whoa. said, no. I mean, right in front of me, they both said, she not, which I mean, oh, I no. looked. That's yeah. kind of rude. Yeah, but. That's kind of hard. It was. And I was just like, Did it motivate Ouch. you? Not at first. At first I was just like. Yeah, it would hurt okay. me. I'd fall apart. But yeah. yeah, but then a little bit, a little bit later, I was just. I knew that I was stuck here. I knew that I was going to be piss tested. I knew that I had no other choice yeah. than to do this. So it's yeah. like I sat there and I came off of all the meth I'd been doing and the Spoxin and everything, yeah. cold turkey in that house. And about the third day in, they said, you need to start going to meetings. And yeah. they got them scheduled out. So the only time I was able to leave the house for the first 
two weeks because you're on like a trial period with house arrest. You can't even go out to like job hunt or anything. Yeah. So the only time I was able to leave was to go to like AA or NA meetings. Yeah. And so I started going to those and then I realized as one day turned into two, turned into 10 that like, hey, I really don't, don't feel that bad. Like I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop and to like feel really terrible. Cause like I said, I always thought how I felt withdrawing because I had been, I mean, literally probably six, six years of every single day having something in me, whether it was a pain pill, Suboxone or wow. meth yeah. every day, because wow. I made sure I didn't run out the longest yeah. besides those couple few times in jail, the longest time I ever went without anything in those six years was 24 to 36 hours. Yeah. I always found, you know, so it was like when I realized that I don't feel as bad as I thought I did, yeah. you know, and it, it, it helped knowing, cause I was terrified of going to prison and I knew if I messed up, that's what was going to happen. So it was yeah. like a, a combination effect of knowing that I have these urine screens that I'm going to have to pass. Yeah. And then, which ended up not even being a thing. I would go like two or three months and they wouldn't even give me one. Yeah. So, but it was like, but that you were also fear. on a house arrest, right? You weren't really going yeah. anywhere. So. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, within, and I hadn't worked in eight years either. I'd been a stay at home oh, mom. Yeah. I had not, my last job was for three months in 2009 at Kroger in the bakery. Really? I worked for a few months as like a pharmacy tech at CVS. So that's another transition you were Yeah. Doing. Yeah, you were like yeah. learning how to be, yeah, you're learning. A mem a, an adult, a, yeah, like yeah. a normal productive, within a month of wow. getting put on house arrest and everything, I got a job at McDonald's with a couple of my friends that worked there. It was right down the road from the halfway house within walking distance. Okay. I could get, and I put, you know, my everything into work in there, so within, a month of working there, they brought me the paperwork to like start training to be a manager. See, that's that good side of the kind of intensity or the like, yeah, the, the way you you like commit to things. Yeah, uh, you know, it was kind of like how with the pregnancy, like there was never it was just like I'm in. Yeah, right. Like yeah. drugs, I'm in. Yeah, like. But also good things like job, I'm in. Yeah. You know, and I didn't or recovery, know I could, I'm in. Yeah, I didn't right? know I could even do that. I didn't yeah. know that I was capable you have that of doing that until I did it. And it was it's just the like, same, oh. it, But you see how it's kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the same impulse. It's just in a, it yeah. just depends on what light it's in. Yeah. Is it positive or negative light? And you um, have to retrain, I mean, everything that you've known for however long or everything, you know, it's like... And it helps once you see start seeing results, it makes it easier yeah, of to do. Course. So when when you know, I started kinda knocking down these little pillars and I'm like, Oh yeah, well, shit, so getting a license doesn't sound so far so hard after, you know? It's, yeah, that that's been one of the joys of of watching your journey on Facebook because you you've done so well being like I said earlier, of of updating everyone and just being positive about it. And I love yeah, like that. You had the big one where your felonies got reduced to misdemeanors? Yeah, that that's just a, happened. That's a, I yeah. remember that one. <laughs> yeah. That one's huge. Yeah. That's amazing. I still had nine months left of probation. I did a year of house arrest and I was supposed to have 18 months of probation. And they said you good? I was six months in. My probation officer had seen that I'd done great during house arrest. And I said, hey, like, I've, you know, I've done all the things that you guys have asked me to. And 
for me it was being a felon meant that I couldn't, so Abigail goes to school in Frankton, they run a background check. Yep. If you want to go on a field trip or anything, well, I couldn't do it because my background. Yeah, so I asked you, the, or like class parties yeah, or stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so I asked my probation officer if like, I said, is there any possibility that this could, could happen? He said, ask, ask the judge, I'll back you, you've done everything you're supposed to do. And I went in and he, he did it. That's amazing. I couldn't believe, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I had three felonies on my, you know, I was like. I, yeah, like, it's commendable of the judge, but it's also like, it's really on you. Like, you did you did the work. Right. And you, like, proved, you, yeah, you, you've just, like, proven how uh, dedicated you are to it. Right. Uh, and and it wasn't it. even, it's the people, like, Anderson's got kind of a bad rap, but they, the recovery community there, like, I don't think too many people understand how amazing it is because my thing yeah the meetings helped they got me started but the biggest thing is that they introduced me to the network of people that I have I have so many people that are my that want nothing out of me they want nothing more than to see me do well and I have people that you know if I'm if I'm having a little problem, if I'm having a big problem, if I feel like yeah. I'm just you know upset, or if I feel like I'm going to use, yeah. which I'm grateful that I've not had that issue. For me, my problem was was stopping. It's not so much as that impulse of like wanting to do stuff like it is yeah, for so a lot of people. Once you stop, you yeah, kind of yeah. yeah. So again, it's that's easy that for me trait to. In you. Yeah. And I, I'm. I wish. That's why I've told every. I wish that I could just wrap up my recovery and give it to everyone because I've had it really easy. I have. It's, yeah. But well, a lot of people. Compared to some. But right. Yeah. It's hard, I mean, no life, ma- it's hard no matter what. You yeah. did a, you've done an amazing yeah, job. Yeah. Life still happens and shit still goes wrong and it's just a matter of how. But like yeah. the problem with addiction is that first you have to have all of these fail safes against uh-huh. that first use it's that first use that's yeah that's the problem typically yeah so you have to have things in place to keep that from happening uh, and just like like you said seeing the victories yeah the yeah. more of those you accumulate yeah then you're standing on top of that hill yeah. looking down at the drug yeah. use like okay maybe yeah it's getting a little further away you yeah. know you, i start to step up that hill a little bit and i can finally you know see something on the other side and yeah it's like, Shit. well that's why that you know like I know friends who, you know, are in recovery that they've been told, like, by their sponsors and stuff, like, wait a year before starting a new relationship. Mm-hmm. Or things that can add stress or that can yeah. lower that mountain. If you don't, you don't want to start accumulating losses. You want to keep the yeah. victories going, yeah. right? Yeah. So relationships or trying to, like, start a new career or, like, yeah. it's, yeah. Or, yeah, those things can be tough. So you got to, like... Set yourself up well. Yeah, you know? and I lucked out in the in the work department too because I was a month and a half into working at McDonald's and um, a couple of friends of mine. So um, I can't. I mean, he's pretty open about it. My my boss has like twenty years sober. Okay. So he partners with um, a lot of the halfway houses in Indianapolis. He's a huge participant in the AA program. And so like he'll bring people will come in. I got brought to, um, or introduced to him through, um, a girl that works at the halfway house and my now boyfriend. And they said, Hey, we've got this girl that we think would be really good, blah, blah, blah. And he brought me in. I mean, we would have a meeting at work every, we'd have to do it off the clock, but everybody had the option to clock out, come down to the basement for an AA meeting. Like, wow. so he's probably got 
I would say out of the 150 employees he has right now, which I'm a debt collector, fun, fun. <laughs> but out of the like 150 it's employees, yeah, out of the 150 employees he has, I would say at least 50 of us are in recovery. Yeah. Probably. Uh, at least. Well, that's so great though, because a lot of those people probably have drug charges yeah. and stuff, so they're giving. Yeah a decent job to people because yeah. often your only jobs are places like mcdonald's yeah if you have a felony and it gives somebody so. a chance if you're able so even if something happens if you work you work at this job he doesn't do really background checks like he, yeah. he meets you he sees how you know if you're somebody that seems like you're serious about doing better he wants to give you the chance to do better yeah. and so That's even incredible. if something happens and you decide to move on later yeah, if they go to run your background check and see you're a felon, that may be the case. But if you have all this experience that, you know, so yeah. if say my felonies hadn't been lowered, I've been I've been at my job May was a year. So that's the wow. longest I've ever kept a job yeah. ever. Amazing. So it's like even if something happened, had I still been a felon, I could potentially go and say, Yeah, I know I've got this on my record yeah. from so many years ago. But look, I was at this job for you know, he provides a lot of opportunities for a lot of people and so that's i mean amazing. when i say i lucked out like i mean i really that's a great support but i was talking to my actually the woman that ran the halfway house today uh -huh. and was like she goes you did but you put in the work she goes yep. that's it's work. that you did you you didn't just get it handed to you yeah i do feel extremely lucky that because not not everybody has most people don't get opportunities like that. Yeah. But some of the people that have been given opportunities like that, I mean, there's a lot of people that have worked for him that go back out. They, you know, keep coming and going and coming and going. So not yeah. everybody gets it if they're not willing to to try and put mm -hmm. in the work too. So it's like, I feel sometimes I'm like, man, I just had it handed to me, but then I gotta kind of like maybe pat yeah. myself on the back you a little bit and you say, have okay, to. well, I didn't do nothing. You know, I didn't just. So. Yeah. Has there been anything? Um, else that's helped with your recovery too like hobbies or re relationships or um yeah just you know like for me with the mental health stuff like i got really into collaging it was really right when i was having really tough psychological days it was like collaging was a really therapeutic thing so that's been a big change i've gotten really into mindfulness mm -hmm. meditation um and that's been huge right and so i didn't know if there if there was anything like that that my my biggest thing is just my network of really just my because if if I'm not working um, or I have certain meetings that I really like going to yeah. um, having sponsees myself so like I'm I'm the designated you're, so, you're social yeah so, I'm super yeah. social so for yeah. me it's it's people and it's it's being busy I try to I really do I try to stay busy which yeah. is helpful when i work all the time and then when i'm not working being involved with with the kids which i'm not with elliot yet well yeah hopefully get there well but yeah, i've got all yeah, yeah i've got abigail and then kevin's daughter caden and she's 10 so abigail's eight she's 10 okay so like you know their dynamic they you're, yeah you're, you know getting to know you each gotta other be on like, your yeah so there's there's too. plenty for me for me to do for yeah. sure yeah yeah that's great though uh, I love that answer. P yeah, people is what it comes down to, too. Yeah, uh, people respect your journey and yeah. res respect your needs in that yeah. journey. It's the quality of people that I have. Like, uh -huh. I don't have to to hang out with 
anybody who's willing to take up my time just to have, you know, companionship. Yeah. Like I, I can be picky and choosy about who I allow in my life today because yeah. the quality of people that I seek out, the quality of people, you know, like the stuff that I appreciate and identify in people now that I didn't used to, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really fucking awesome is what it is. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm well, grateful that amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful that I've been through everything that I have and the I mean obviously the only thing that I would change is that I wish I could fix shit with Elliot sooner yep. rather than later. Yeah. But besides that, I don't know that I would change anything because I didn't think that I could be successful. I didn't think that I could have like my credit score is a 695. Oh, yeah, that's another one of your little good. victories. I have that's good your, credit. I mean, I didn't think hey, that that and was... and doing that in 22 you know, months is pretty good. Yeah, I didn't um, think that any of that could happen. And yeah. I appreciate... And yeah, I have days where I feel I feel awful and it's hard not to reflect on all the stuff that I that uh -huh. I did miss and that I didn't pre take the time to... Pre yep. Like, I can honestly tell you, I don't, I don't think I remember what Abigail's first word was. Yeah. I, you know, things like that. Like yeah. I have pictures and memories and there's a lot that I was, that I was there for, but there was also a lot that I was, I was there, but not present for. And yeah. so, but it makes me appreciate more now. And so I don't know, it's, I'm grateful that all of that happened because yeah. the quality of the relationships that I have today and the quality of, um, of my life today is more than what I ever thought I could have had. I don't, I don't think... I would have accomplished that had I not gone through everything. Your trials, yeah, uh, in some ways paved the way for your triumphs. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Amazing. Uh, that's a great way to think about it. And yeah, those negative, those guilt and that and the shame are going to pop up, and mm -hmm. then you like kind of have to recognize them yeah. and then move on, right? Yeah. That, that's uh, I've had to, yeah, with the some of the stuff that's happened with. I have like these really intense uh, like episodes, like uh, bipolar manic episodes, mm -hmm. and they can be a little violent, physical, and and they're very scary. And so, like, I have a lot of like guilt and shame about that. Right. But and so a lot, especially when I meditate, sometimes that uh, here it comes, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like coming at you. Yeah. You gotta okay, I see you, and then you gotta let it go. Yeah. Um. Well, that kind of reminds me of this. I was reading this earlier before you came here. Um. This is a really a uh, strange but kind of sweet book called How Are You Feeling by David Trigley. I don't normally like read stuff in this, but uh, this reminded me, I had a feeling we were going to kind of talk about that. Like, uh, This is called Eliminating Unhelpful Shit. Some shit is helpful. Some shit is unhelpful. Some shit is neither helpful nor unhelpful. It is benign shit. Try to identify different types of shit. Eliminate the unhelpful shit, and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> uh, but uh, what what has been like a key like unhelpful shit that you've like eliminated recently that has felt like a, a one of those small triumphs? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'll tell you my. I can I tell yeah. you mine. Yeah. Uh, I. So my my wife left me like seven or seven months ago, and uh, I've for a while I was. Um, I was like when I would have the urge to talk to her, 
I would just like do a voice recording mm -hmm. of me talking to her, telling her what I wanted to tell her. Yeah. Um, cause we were like having no contact right now. And so I would, I would do that. And so I had like 10 or 11 of them, but they were getting really tempting to send to her and I would listen to them. Right. And it was just really unhelpful. Like right. it was a good practice for a little while. And then just having them around was getting to be too much. So I erased, yeah. so I erased them. Right. So that was my unhelpful shit. That was, um, that was kind of, yeah, that's what those, just those little things were like, oh, I'm doing this thing that like isn't helping. Right. Um, and it's usually, it's usually some small shit. Yeah. It's probably just, I mean, some, just, just some of my thinking, like I'll get to where I'm, okay, so mom guilt is a real thing. Like, yep. so I'll have to like stop myself sometimes with Abigail because I want to let her just do whatever she wants to do or like get whatever she wants to get yep. because I can afford it. You these can do days. it now. I can yeah. do it, you know? And so I, I want to let her do that. And like, I'll start to let her talk me into it because I feel, I still feel so bad about the things that I wasn't there for, didn't get Absolutely. to experience. And so I have to like stop myself and say, okay, yeah. but I'm here now, I'm doing this now. And yeah. does she really need me you know, does she need me to be mom and like say, no, you're not doing this or that, you know? Yep. So it's like, there's some, some things like that. And like, um, you can't let the guilt influence yeah. the, what you know is right. Yeah. In the and parenting. what I'm doing now yeah, and yeah. she needs, she needs a mom, not a best friend. So like stopping myself doing that sometimes, which it's, it's hard, especially when it's just a matter of like a toy at the store or something. Yeah. But if I really stop and think about it, like, I can't let her just get everything she wants. I can't let her, you know, not behave the best and then still be like, oh, okay, I feel bad, so here you go. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to remember that I'm not where I'm at or who I was or what I was doing yep. anymore. Yeah. And so nothing about the way that, you know, she wants me to mom her sometimes is going to be beneficial to her. Sure. So, like, I have to sure. stop myself with that sometimes and, like, self-deprecation, like, um, the girls will, you know, I'll have on an outfit that I don't like. And I'm like, oh, my God, my love handles. Well, then the girls will hear me say something and they'll be like, you know, quit. Or or they'll they'll try to, you know, oh, no, stop, stop, stop. And But then I'll hear them later, like Abigail gets on herself about being chunky or something. Oh. So it's like just being, being more aware of... Yep. Things and I'm and norm used to I would just blurt out you know whatever and so just trying to be more aware of what comes out of my mouth how it affects yep, the people around absolutely. me if it's not like really if if it's not nice there's no reason to say it like yeah just trying to be aware of of how you know what I say and do really does affect other people so yeah. just just things yeah I don't know probably well, things like that so I wanna that it's a nice segue uh, and in terms of saying nice things. I want to end uh, episodes now. I used to end by asking a this one specific question. Now I want to end by each of us saying something we're grateful for. I like that. Um, so would you like to go first? You want me to? It doesn't matter. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I'm really grateful um, for this podcast right now, for uh, this opportunity to like sit down and have like conversations with people who I think are good people doing good stuff uh, and wanting to give them a chance to uh, tell their story. 
uh, that's I recognize the privilege and the honor of getting to do that and share and sharing this space uh, with stories like yours um, and just getting to like catch up like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, today I'm really grateful for that. What about you, Darian Southern? What are you grateful for today? I am. I'm. I kind of gonna. Um, yeah, just echo what I said earlier that I'm super grateful for for all the struggles and the the things that I've done and brought even upon myself because uh-huh. um I the life that I have today is not ever what I could have imagined it would be um I'm extremely grateful for the the people that I've yeah. met I the, just just all of it I'm just grateful for for, for the growth journey. and for yeah the for journey, being able yeah. to all yeah I'm I'm a mom today in ways that I didn't think I could ever be and I'm just yeah all of it I'm just just fucking grateful. There we go. That's a great place in. Darian, thank you for talking to me. Thanks. All right. Bye, y'all.